how do you stop the scroll? I've been trying to figure this out for years, but today I've got a great guest who knows exactly how to do that. Predominantly, him and his brother, my goodness, they have some fantastic comedy clips that they create in video. And it makes you stop the scroll because you know there's going to be some value in there and you're going to have a little bit of a chuckle. So I'm absolutely delighted to be able to share a conversation with this young man today because we're going to be making conversations about advertising count. What's new then, Wendy Wu? Do you know, I love that you ask me that every week. Well, I've had a great review from one of you lovely listeners that used the Power Up discount code. That's on my LinkedIn profile for you to review And it just goes to show that we don't just get you talking to people and strangers over the phone. I really do help on lots of other levels too. Go check it out. That discount code is not going to be around forever. I'm going to be taking it down soon. So if you want to take advantage of it, get yourself booked in today. And in the meantime, why not buy the book? And of course, that will get you started and you'll have a head start for teacher. And on the book, did you know that there's a Meet the Author link in there too? A reader, Kat, got in touch and we spent 15 minutes chatting about how she can personalise her introductions and she messaged me to say she'd made several follow-up meetings after only a few days of using that technique. Keep going, Kat. That's brilliant news. It's Dan Knowlton. Wee. Hi, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's so lovely to see you. I know we're not in the same building. You know, you've probably got a proper posh studio for when you do your <laughs> recordings and everything with your guests. We see the set. We see you and your brother on the LinkedIn videos where do you get those ideas from? I think it's just because because Lloyd and I are brothers and we've had 29 years of taking the piss out of each other and having a laugh. I think that all kind of feeds into our weird kind of humour and that kind of is where we get it from, I think. It must be that you bounce off each other because you know each other so well. Yeah, I think that's why we wanted to start our podcast because before we did that, you know, not on camera. We have so many fun conversations and discuss things and it it's just a good kind of energy we've got between each other. So that kind of gave us the idea to think, oh, we should actually record some of these conversations and talk about our business and what we're learning and the stupid stuff we're doing and the mistakes we're making and that kind of thing. Okay. That's it. You've said it. What kind of stupid stuff, Dan? Oh, wow. I mean, we've done whole podcast episodes on things like this. I mean, I once drove three hours to meet a potential customer who rented bouncy castles who had a 50 pound budget that taught me to qualify customers that stupid mistake (laughs) i'd have let his thing down (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean so much i think like in the early days when you're just trying to figure stuff out we made so many stupid mistakes we still make mistakes now they're just kind of different kinds of mistakes but yeah we once went to a pitch we drove all the way to brighton two and a half hours away but we didn't realize it was a pitch. We thought it was just a meeting to discuss potentially working with this, this company. And they were there saying, have you got your presentation? And we were sort of like, what presentation? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. 
So how did you pull that one back? Because this is kind of where knowing your stuff can really help you in have that conversation. In the sense of pulling it back, we didn't win the business. So we obviously did pretty, <laughs> pretty bad. But I think, yeah, we tried to to talk through how, you know, talk about examples of how we've helped other companies and that kind of thing. But I think it's those mistakes and the way it makes you feel that really help you progress and develop, though. I think without making those kind of stupid mistakes where you feel rubbish, that's the things you remember. And it's like, I don't want to feel like that again, so I'm not going to do that again. It's like when you're a kid, isn't it? You your mum and dad will say to you, you don't want to do that. Yeah. You don't want to do that. And then you do it and, and they go, see, I told you. They just told you why. Exactly. You need to feel it though, don't you? You've still done it anyway. But that's kind of the whole point, isn't it? Is, is to learn these different skill sets. Something that I've always observant of is that you can be great at something. So like your niche is creating great video and social media ads, right? Just because you're great at that doesn't mean to say that you're great at running a business. Oh, definitely. There's yeah. so much to learn, isn't there? Yeah. What were the biggest challenges for you when you started out? Well, for the first four years, it was just Lloyd and I in my parents' back room. So Lloyd was the biggest challenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest, though, in the early days, I think we we complete opposites and we have complete opposite skill sets and we didn't know how to communicate as well as we do now we didn't understand each other well enough so when we both disagreed on something it it took a while for us to you know fight our corners and say no this is the right thing and i think now we really get each other we spent every day pretty much with each other for the last seven years six years so that's really helped but in terms of starting out, i think the first thing was finding our feet and getting enough business in to survive <laughs> like when we started out we yeah, sure. started from nothing and had no customers and, you know, I'd quit my job and didn't have any income basically. So it was like, right, we need to find some customers. And that was one of the biggest challenges starting out trying to, yeah, trying to get new customers. That's what drives you to succeed. It also drives you to make some mistakes because you'll take anything because the money is the goal and not necessarily the Definitely. doing the yeah. best job for your reputation. Some of those lines get a little blurred don't they yeah and i think we've totally experienced what you're saying i remember starting out we would work with anyone and say yes to everything and now it's very much the opposite now we found our feet and we found our niche we say no to a lot more and attract a lot more of the right opportunities and kind of repel the wrong ones by being ourselves and really putting our brand and our personality out there whereas starting out i think lloyd and i always sort of laugh about the fact when we started we both used to wear suits and everywhere we'd wear suits and dress really smart. And we had no idea what we were doing. And then as the business has progressed and we've got more experience, we now don't wear suits and are very casual. And Lloyd said that there was like a, a relation to how smart we dress and how little we knew. And eventually it's kind of, yeah. That's interesting because that's kind of where the wardrobe for the videos has come from, obviously. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I see. So it's not gone to waste. Yeah. <laughs> when we were at my mum and dad's, we used to borrow my dad's weird clothes and he'd see a video of us wearing his suit and like, are oh, you wearing my <laughs> shirt and my tie? And we're like, oh, sorry, dad. <laughs> oh, dear me. Being a family business, and I know this, I've got my daughter, she works with me as well. I couldn't think of anybody else that I would trust because it's family, okay, and it's my thing. And whilst you're brothers and have grown up together, you kind of don't know each other that well, even in the family, do you? Because mm. you're, you've are you got expectations as a boy 
to your mom and dad and expectations mm. to be with each other with with brothers but you mm. kind of rub along best you can without getting in each other's faces because you know brothers can mm. falling out or disagreements so it's really great that you've embraced that relationship and been able to sort of see where you are different we trust each other so much there's no ulterior motives or agendas we know that what we say and what we do is what we say and what we do and how we feel it's the truth because we both want each other to win in life so there's no thinking oh is he trying to do something to you know go off he's doing doing his own thing or we're both there like cheering each other on wanting this to be a success so it really helps with just not having any of that and it's just like right how we feel and how we act is the truth and yeah and it's nice that we've got opposite skill sets because it's really worked to our benefit like i'm more kind of sales and marketing of our business and Lloyd's more managing the team and and uh, kind of doing the logistics and managing projects and things. And to be honest, the first four years, we both just did everything. We didn't have defined roles, whereas oh, now we're like building our team and we're having to manage more people and having defined roles within the business has been really helpful to us to know what our responsibility is and what, yeah, what we're focusing on. But to rewind and say that you are capable of doing absolutely everything in the business, not only does that mean that can stand on its own if you want to have a break and go on holiday or if Lloyd needs to have a break and take some time out. And you both know how to instruct your team. And this is the biggest challenge. Certainly, I find, you know, in the niche that I look after, which is sort of starting conversations and re building relationships for, for customers, that if you don't do that yourself, how can you really expect somebody in the team to do it? It's kind of that not do as I say, do as I do. It's the lead by example. So you're able to pick a much better team too. I completely agree. Because like I said, when we started out, we both just did everything. So you don't have, you know, an assistant who's going to be calling people and emailing them and sorting out your calendar and that kind of thing. So having that experience. And I, I learned this also from a previous job. I worked from a, for a large car rental company and they had that, the, the same thing that everyone in the business starts at a trainee role and they promote from within. So you get that whole experience kind of leading up and I have taken that and yeah, used that theory here as well. Well, that becomes culture, doesn't it? So what do your team talk about, you know, when you get together and say, right, this is uh, Knowlton time. What are we going to do in team Knowlton? What do you want to bring? And it just means that you've got that honest playground for the conversation to roll and ideas to come about. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's good fun. I enjoy it. In terms of making conversations count, because that's kind of the theme of, of the show, it's great to hear what you do within Knowlton. How important is it is conversation to you in nailing that brief to either get the brief or deliver the brief for you in what you do? Yeah, really important because, again, looking back, I slash we have made the mistakes of not having those conversations, not asking the right questions to really understand what the customer wants and have mucked up and lost out. So from making those mistakes, it's helped us realize the importance of that initial stage, asking the right questions to truly understand the kind of root cause of the problem that they want solving. There's a really good book called Gap Selling from a guy called Keenan. That book really helped me understand the importance of asking the right questions to understand that root cause. Because someone may say, tell you what they think their problem is, but that's not their problem. Until you dive deeper and really unpack 
the situation they're in and you know where their their future state it breaks it down into like current state future state and figuring out the gap and then you can capitalize on understanding that gap to sell your service so that's a really good book that's that's helped me that again helped me understand the importance of asking those questions and having that kind of conversation at the start of the process that's, that's a really good tip dan we have a guest book library recommendation thing on the website so we'll make sure that we stick that there for readers please do and you've made me remember also something else that that we do without probably realizing it and mm. that is that we say we want something but the what we want isn't necessarily what we need. Yep. So by the time we fix the what we want and got what we need, we've actually got more than. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the hardest part about being in business, I think, is knowing that there's a gap, but then not knowing what that gap is. No matter how many questions you ask, what you don't know, you don't know. How have you overcome some of those kinds of challenges? I think... Something that helps a lot is experience is, is the more of these conversations you go through. You know, if you spoke to me when we started out, I was a completely different person. And I, over the years, having more of those conversations and, and getting it wrong, like, like I mentioned, and figuring out, oh, I don't want to do that again. I can now use my initiative a lot more to really gauge different examples of problems and different examples of gaps so that I can kind of look in my toolbox of my memories of, Oh, I've spoken to a similar business who had a similar thing where they wanted to achieve this, but really this is what they need. And I guess that's not a good advice for people just starting out because it seems scary that you have to, you know, fail and experience a lot of these conversations to actually learn how to get to that point. But I'm still learning now. I'm still, you know, I'll look back in six, in six years time and think, oh, God, what was I doing then? So like, it's just knowing that you're on that journey of trying to improve really and You've got to do it to get the experience to improve. So do it, worry about it later. Yeah. I think I also think it's good to start, but have an informed start as well. Like I mentioned that gap selling book, I'd recommend even if you're starting out, start reading things like that, that will help get, it will help you fast track and improve quicker than I have by understanding these additional results. I wish I knew about that book when I started, but I just, didn't and I failed a lot more than I should have. So I think it's trying to learn from people who have been there, done it, got the t-shirt to help you progress quicker as well. Perfect, because that's exactly the reason for the show <laughs> is to bring people like you to say, look, it doesn't matter if you fail. We, we're all going to fail at some point. Yeah, Don't yeah. be too hard on yourself. Using that initiative that you spoke about, Dan, is really important. You know, and that experience will build. But I think many of us as well actually ignore our instinct and we overthink a lot of things we know our first reaction and we know what we're going to do but then the logic brain says oh hang on a minute I'm just going to work this out but if you've not been in that position before you're going to be unbiased you're not your bias is going to be off kilter isn't it so notice those instincts I think we're also impatient as well we all want the get rich quick thing in the back of our mind we all want to fast track everything and and get to the end point. So it's kind of discouraging when you make those mistakes and you feel like I'm not good enough and I'm not, it's not worth carrying on. But then you kind of have to do that a number of times before you're like, oh, actually I can. And Lloyd's really good at this. Lloyd's really good because he's great at when a fire happens, as in hypothetical fire, you know, client's not happy or something happens within the business. He won't be the person 
because there's different types of people in a situation like that. There's the person that, you know, there's a fire. So they stand still and point at the fire and say, there's a fire. There's the person who doesn't know what to do and doesn't do anything. There's the person who runs away and there's the person who will go and get water to put out the fire calmly. And he's that person. So yeah, he's, he's kind of taught me a lot about that, which has been helpful. Breathing helps as well, doesn't it? You know, take a big deep breath. Not panicking. Know what you've got to do and, and get on with, with it. Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? Even with recent events that have affected absolutely everybody on the planet, the sun still comes up tomorrow. So, you know, it can't be all bad. Take the lesson. Yeah. Move if you think on. of it like that, everything is a learning point. I know this is cliche and everyone says it, but it really is. You know, if for some reason your business has failed because of, the pandemic and you know no one it's not feasible anymore then you've learned a lot about starting a business that you can then apply to the next thing that could be exactly. more successful yeah we all love control don't we we have it at our fingertips it's our destiny you know <laughs> but certainly like you mentioned that get rich quick what does rich mean to you and what's quick how quick does it need to be if it's instant gratification that's different 16 years I've been running WAG, get rich. Oh, I'm still working at it. <laughs> yeah. No, but if you can love the journey, that's the richness that you're going to get from it. It's so true. You hear about like uh, a lot of people, especially in sports, when they've like trained all their life to win something, like Tyson Fury got his world title and then he'd worked so hard to get it. And then he got to the top and then he was just completely depressed, demotivated because he'd reached that end point. Whereas a lot of people don't take the time to, because like I always try and think about the journey that we're on now and we've built a whole 10 year plan and we've, we know our end point for this business, but you know, it's about focusing on the now and enjoying all of the ups and downs along the way. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do more of. I'm not quite there yet. It is about seeing the end. I've got another guest who talks about that in particular which I'm excited to release. This is the point, isn't it? We, we're all here to, to do our best and to, to achieve something. And it's important to be sure that even when you achieve that, I mean, I scrubbed out my vision board. I've got a blackboard that I made with mm. um, wine corks. <laughs> nice. Hint. That sounds want cool. to send me a gift anytime. <laughs> Red wine. I scrubbed it out because a lot of what was on the board, I'd done. I'd achieved it. So it's kind of like, well, there's a couple of things. So there's a couple of things on there. I'm not going to tell you what they are. Yeah. Um, it's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> That's but, <all> right. um, <laughs> but it's kind of, you can climb a mountain, can't you? Get to that summit. And once you then get to that vista, you will see mm. that there's more to be done. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Fabulous. <laughs> now then, Dan. Yep. This is my favourite part because oh, I have no idea. Obviously, I can talk to you about video content mm. and conversation and all that. But I ask everybody to bring a conversation that created a turning point for them. So mm -hmm. um, the mic is yours. Okay. So this is actually a conversation that I had with my dad uh, a few years ago. But I'm going to set the scene a bit so that you get the context of oh, why I love a so good story. Sitting comfortably, children. God, how many years ago is it now? Probably about eight or nine years ago, I finished university at Brighton. I did a business management with marketing degree at Uni of Brighton. After that, I applied to loads of jobs to try and get a job after uni. No one would kind of take me. And I think in the, one of the main reasons was because I, I was trying to be the person I thought they wanted me to be rather than being myself. 
I've learned this a lot now because through interviewing other people as part of our job. And eventually one company, a large car rental company, hired me in their graduate scheme, which is great. So I started working there as a management trainee and I got promoted uh, twice within a year, probably too quickly. It was, it was one of the fastest promotions the company had seen to assistant manager. So I was managing like 250 cars and a team of nine within like seven months. It was a mistake on my manager as well, like of promoting me too quickly. And it was all too much. So I, I ended up. Exuberance of youth will carry you along. Yeah, exactly. And it was just, I basically didn't have the skills and experience I needed to do that role. And I was, you know, chucked in the deep end, hadn't got much management experience and it was just overwhelming. I was like going into work at five, leaving at like 10 at night, trying to figure out I'm crap at logistics, hence why Lloyd does all that now. So I had to plan when you've got hundreds of customers coming to collect cars and team that up with the cars you've got. And if you haven't got the right car, you have to get them from other branches. Oh, and it was just hell. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, I'm surprised at six o'clock when everybody else hadn't gone home that you didn't just ring Lloyd and go, Lloyd, can you come and sort me out? Yeah, uh, I wish I could have. But it, I was actually in Crawley. So I was miles away from home. I was a lodger in a house with this random couple I didn't have any friends there or anything. I was just, part of it was I had to move Please there. Please stop, work. I'm going to cry. <laughs> no, there is a happy ending. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so it's hell on earth. I was basically just imploding and it was so stressful. I wasn't sleeping properly and it was just terrible. So, and then uh, a dream job opportunity came about. So this dream job in London for this amazing company. And I was like, if I get this job, I am... Just I've won the lottery basically because it was just my perfect foot into the kind of more corporate world in London. And had you set yourself up that you were going to get it? Oh no no yeah yeah yeah. I don't know. I had to get it. I had to get it. Otherwise, I don't know what would happen to me. So I was like, I this is my way out of this hellhole. I had to book the phone interview for like half nine at night because I was always I was doing the other job that I hated. So I got home, had no time to prep or anything because my mind was just full of you know the car rental was a retail job. So you had members of the public screaming at you, hating you because I wasn't doing a good job, which is fair enough. So I had that phone interview at half nine. The guy rings me. He's like, hi, Dan. Uh, Right. We're going to start the the, um, interview now. I hadn't prepared anything and my mind wasn't in it at all. He's like, right. First question. He he asked something about, tell me about like, uh, what future industries do you think there's an opportunity of growth in, in the current economic climate? Right. So I didn't even listen to the radio. I didn't watch news or anything because I had no time. So I had no understanding of like current affairs, what was going on. And I froze. I literally mumbled and fumbled some words. I froze. And imagine how upsetting this was when I, this was my one opportunity to get out. So I remember being in the kitchen of, of this house that I was a lodger in and the, the other the couple were out. I froze and I didn't know what to do. I turned my phone off. And I like fell to the floor and just burst out crying <laughs> in the kitchen of oh. this house because I thought I've just completely failed and what on earth am I going to do? So I rung my, I rung my dad up, my mum and dad up, like crying down the phone like, oh, I don't know what to do. I hate my life. And this is the conversation. And my dad said, everything's going to be all right. Just come home and live with us and we'll figure it out. And then I quit, packed my bags and went drove home sobbing and went and lived with my mum and dad. And then when I got home, my dad said to me, right, you've got two options now. Either you need to find another job. You can't just live at home and not do anything. 
or you can, he's had a business consultancy, or you can work in my business consultancy. You can apply what you'd learn at uni and get some experience in an actual business, applying what you'd learn. And you've got three months to demonstrate that you can generate enough income to make this sustainable. And then we can see where it goes from there. So I did that, got the income, one o'clock, like a hotel client to, to support their marketing, then started Knowlton. It was previously all KPS Digital Marketing, but yeah, and then that, that was the conversation that could, and then obviously now we're nine people hiring for another three roles. We've worked with some of the biggest brands in the world. So yeah, it's, it's all turned out all right. It's a happy ending. <laughs> but, <laughs> I can put my tissues away. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. I mean, the thing is, it's kind of like our parents know us better than anybody, don't they? So long mm. as we allow them in, we've mm. got to still be able to show them our vulnerability. Even as adults, we're all still children. I'm nearly 50. And I still need that from, mm. from my parents, you know, so it doesn't go away. And when you yeah. start to have your own children, oh God. Yeah, <laughs> I have. I've got a son now, so I'm <laughs> I'm learning it all. <laughs> yeah, but great that your dad could put it to you because, you know, the bank of mom and dad. Mm. Right. I mean, as you started to tell me the story, you know, it was eight, nine years ago and you'd got to go and get yourself a job. Because that's what you do after having a degree. Mm -hmm. Where was Gary V eight or nine <laughs> years ago? Right. Yeah. Because he'd have told you not to even bother going to university. For yeah, the start. Exactly. <laughs> but the, that's the point, isn't it? That you know, we're we're all sort of set up, expectations are set up mm. from what we see, what we read, what we hear, to be this follow a certain path and person. Mm. yeah. So maybe, you know, the ads industry could do with some help dan <laughs> <laughs> in being realistic as yeah. well yeah yeah i think i just needed um someone to say it's all right to quit your job and lloyd even tells me off this now i'm quite tunnel vision so when i have an objective or a challenge or something i feel like i need to get towards i just block everything else out and just go towards it and i'd done that so much that i was actually sort of in self-destruct mode and i just need someone to say it's all right to quit your job and just get away from it without having any other options. It's got to come down to self-beliefs, hasn't it? And expectations that we think others have of us, that you get the job and you don't quit. So you've been told not to quit. That's yeah. not the dumb thing. So you've hung in there. I would say that shows an awful amount of character in actual fact, because when you look at a lot of the younger generation that is coming through, they're like, yeah, well, I'll get another job. Yeah, you know, it'll be fine. And that's kind of where the banker mom and dad comes in. But your dad was kind of like the best kind of bank that you want to go to that goes, right, we're going to give you a little cushion, but it isn't free. There is a value to this. Yeah. I think I learned a lot from that, like the way he structured my options rather than just saying, yeah, yeah, we'll help you out. Don't worry about it. It was like, right, you know, you're intelligent. You've got a degree. You know what you're doing. Let's look at the options. Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And then, yeah, it just set me up because I had the ultimatum of if I, those three months I need to demonstrate this is working, I worked my ass off and made it work. Because <laughs> if I didn't, then I might be going back to a job that I hated as much as the previous one in the corporate world. So I was like, I do not want to do that again after experiencing that. So. Well, absolutely. And, and this is something that's, that sort of translates to any of the goals and aspirations that we may have for ourselves, isn't it? That 
you mentioned earlier, you've got a 10 year plan for the business. But heck, if you reach that in five, you're not going to be upset about that, really, are you? You're just going to stretch the goals even further. And rejig things, yeah. Much the same as, you know, if you're starting out in a business, yes, you've got to have a, a plan of what you want to achieve in your first year, but break that down into three months at a time. What has worked, what's not worked. Make sure you keep reassessing, testing and measuring things. That's what I was going to say. Be be comfortable knowing that it's going to completely change as well. Like this 10-year plan we've got, we're already having to change it because things have changed. So it's like, you know, it's a broad plan with everything, knowing everything's going to change, basically. (laughs) Just having some boundaries helps everybody, doesn't it? Then, you know, oh, you know, come go, do as you want. If we make money, that's all right. If we don't, we've got some money in the bank. It don't matter. You know, you do need to have that kind of laser sharp focus. Well, Dan, and look at where you are now. It's incredible. Oh, we've got a long way to go yet. But we're, yeah, we're in a good place. <laughs> well, yeah. And I'm still young enough to be able to uh, keep an eye on you <laughs> in the next 10 years. <laughs> Good. I shall very much be looking forward to seeing where, where Knowlton goes and the oh, team. Oh, thanks. The whole point of the show is to carry the conversation on with our guests afterwards. So mm. where's the best place for them to find you hanging out? Well, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. If you search my name, Dan Knowlton, uh, if you want to look at what we do and some of the campaigns we've run and stuff, you can look on our website, knowltonmarketing.co.uk. But yeah, LinkedIn and Twitter as well, main places I'll be. And if you think you've got what it takes to join the Knowlton team, I would suggest that you've got to send something pretty sensational to get Dan's attention. Well, we're, we're hiring for three roles at the moment. So yeah, if anyone's looking for a job and you're good, please look at my yeah. LinkedIn. Step up. <laughs> Dan, it's been fantastic to talk to you. Thank you so much for sharing your stories with us today. Oh, thanks um, for having me, Wendy. So there you have the conversation about advertising with Dan that counted. So it just goes to show, follow your dreams, work hard, get those lucky breaks. When you see an opportunity, take it. And of course, live your life to the fullest. Carry the conversation on with Dan using the links as usual. Please do drop us a review. Tell us your favourite part of today's show. Until next week, where we're going to be bringing you another guest is going to be the lovely Sudhir Kumar. I think we're spoiled in terms of the technology that we have at our fingertips and the fact that we can do so much quickly. Take care.